It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, you're back once again. Halloween is over and Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And this week for show number 53 for the week of November 7th, 2013, we are back in form. That's right, we had our not-so-scary Halloween celebrations all month long for October. And this month we're getting back to the format, the love, and the show that you know and adore. And this week for show number 53, we have all kinds of fun as we're gonna hang out with sea monsters, Tom Sawyer, lions, and more, maybe make it a family affair because we have none other than the iconic television and film actor, Johnny Whitaker, stopping in with us. That's right, you know Johnny from a variety of different shows from Sigmund and the Sea Monster, Family Affair, and great classics like Tom Sawyer the Musical, as well as Napoleon and Samantha, and many others. And Johnny's going to stop in and talk about his outstanding career in television, films, and just exactly what is he doing now. In addition, we have the D-Team back. That's right, we have Aaron back, as he's going to dip his hand into that virtual mailbag and uncover all those answers for you in I Want to Know. And we're going to take that walk down the Hollywood Walk of Fame once again, as we have Lexi stopping in to give you a little bit more about our very special guest here this week, Johnny Whitaker. And let's not forget all the interactive fun from your iPad, your tablet, MP3s, gaming, and more as we have Randy stopping in with this week's Disney Interactive. There is tons of news hot off the D-Wire. Since we had the free-form flowing, not-so-scary Halloween editions, yes, I am back with all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire. There is all kinds of fun, magic, memories, and more. And as we move into November, all of you D-Heads, let's officially kick off show number 53 for the week of November 7th, 2013. And let's head on down with a little bit of gratification. You call this work? Well, ain't that funny. We ain't doing this for money. Heck, gets a regular privilege to be occupied. It's a source of pride. Anyone can swim and fish on Saturday. Anyone can just lay down. Laying in a hammock, laying in the grass like a lazy, no good hound. They just know that I'm soft-hearted. I was barely getting started. Now I'm giving all of my fun away. They keep begging me. And I'm generous. I mean, when's the last time you could slosh a bucket full of wash under my fence? Look at him smiling and having a time. And all at my expense. And he gets that deep down inside. Honest wet, it's a natural bet. Anyone who puts his nose to the grindstone's gonna get a great reward. 
Rivers gonna flow across the land. There once was a time when things like pollution, overpopulation, even income taxes, were unknown to most people. Our natural riches seemed inexhaustible. There was more elbow room, and life was a lot more fun. Load up the vittles, pickles, and hams, melons, cherry pie. Now, Reader's Digest, together with United Artists and Arthur P. Jacobs, invites you and your family to go back to those golden days as we proudly present Tom Sawyer. Two coats. Two coats? All of it. I mean, when's the last time you could slosh a block to pull a wash on a mile of fence? Look at him smiling and having a time and all at my expense. Oh, how good you feel when your shoulders do the wheel. The beloved classic comes to life once more as this glorious musical adaptation comes to the screen. Man's got to be what he's born to be, so just sit back and wait. Ever been in a graveyard at midnight? Plenty scary. I wouldn't be scared. Be it soon or late, he'll be small or great. Tom's home. Yeah, man's gotta be what he's going to be, so just sit back and wait. Yeah! Becky, come on! I'm gonna kill you, Tom Sawyer! Now, Tom, you come up here and tell us exactly what you saw. Doc Robinson fetched up the shovel to shield himself. He accidentally hit Muff on the head and knocked him out cold. When Engine Joe picked up a big rock and knocked Doc Robinson down into the grave, I heard the Doc scream. <laughs> You and your family will share all the warmth, the humor, the adventure, and the characters that only Mark Twain could have created. You'll meet Huckleberry Finn and Polly, <coughs> Muff Potter, Becky Thatcher, and of course, Tom. And you'll understand why Reader's Digest chose to make Tom Sawyer its first feature presentation. D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand, a new kind of Disney show, only on DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com.
It's Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all you D-heads, so I'm back once again, and we are into November. It is show number 53 for the week of November 7th, 2013, and November is here. And I know many of you are gearing up to eat that Thanksgiving turkey. I know myself, you know, that day alone, I fast all day long, watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and get ready to tear up some turkey, and of course, bow our heads and give thanks for all the things that we are blessed with in our life. But... We are excited here this week. The not-so-scary Halloween celebrations are gone. That's right, all month long, all October, we hope we're ready to bring that trick-or-treat, that fun to you. But now we're into November, and true to form, as promised, we are going to get back to our normal show format here this week with all the news hot off the D-Wire and all the fun. But before I jump into it, and as we gear up for our very special guest here this week, Johnny Whitaker. And if you're not recalling who Johnny Whitaker is, think the red-haired kid from Tom Sawyer, the musical. Also great shows like Sigmund and the Sea Monster, Family Affair, and great Disney classics like the Snowball Express, Napoleon and Samantha, which was Jodie Foster's first film, and many others, including The Biscuit Eater. But we're gearing up for that. So before I jump into news, hot off the D-Wire, I do want to mention all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, archives, and more. You can connect up with the D-Team, listen to all 53 shows of Disney On Demand, and listen to our famous Lifetime of Disney player, where you can listen to over 300-plus television shows, movies, television specials, and more right there on our homepage at dizradio.com, D-I-Z radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. You can also find us on Twitter, AOL Instant Messenger, Skype, and more at Disney Blue, and once again, that's B-L-U. So, all of you D-heads, we're kicking off news hot off the D-wire, so let's just jump right into it for the week of November 7th, 2013, show number 53. And hot off the D-wire, one of the things that everybody is familiar with is the podcast awards. Yes, I myself, with previous shows that I've done, was nominated for a variety of different podcast awards. Well, many of our friends in the Disney community are always nominated. One of those, you have Lou Mangiello, you also have Inside the Magic, and many others, the Be Our Guest podcast, and also Mice Chat. And our good friends at Mice Chat are nominated once again this year for the Podcast Awards. So definitely head out there every single day at podcastawards.com and give a shout out, a vote, and you can vote up to once a day and vote for Mice Chat. See if they can uh, wrangle in on a Podcast Award here this year. So definitely shoot on over podcastawards.com. You can vote up to once a day and vote for Mice Chat in the category for Travel Podcast. So all of you D-heads pushing right along in news here. We have all kinds of stuff. How about new people getting promoted at the Walt Disney Company? That's right. Disney is upping Janice Morelli to head of home entertainment distribution. The Walt Disney Company has now promoted longtime executive Janice Morelli to the president of Disney Studio Global in-home and digital distribution at the ABC North America Distribution Center. Now, Morelli, who has headed domestic distribution at ABC Television since 1999, will oversee the content distribution outside of the theatrical window, including both physical and digital product from Disney Films, from Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilm, and Touchstone. 
She reportedly was instrumental in the landmark pay TV distribution deal with Netflix, which is set to begin in 2016. Now, the deal that she did make with Netflix includes exclusive access to ABC shows like Scandal, Revenge, and Once Upon a Time. Now, this promotion comes as Disney is reorganizing all of its packaged media and digital businesses under one executive, according to studio president Alan Bergman, who Morelli will report to in Burbank, California. Now, since we were talking about Disney digital media and more, how about Disney removing some of its movies, such as The Lion King from sales from the iTunes store? That's right, Disney regularly moves movies in and out of its vault from time to time, and an issue in iTunes prevented those who had purchased the movies from streaming or downloading them from iTunes in the cloud. Thankfully, Disney and Apple soon fixed the issue, but it's a reminder that the cloud services are very tedious and that you should always maintain local copies of your media. Now, I am a fan of this. I am one of those people who is not all about the cloud. I mean, I work in the world of advertising and marketing for my day job, and I'm always working in a creative suite in the creative cloud now, also backing up on the cloud, and too many people are reliant on that cloud. What happens when the cloud crashes? I mean, I am a digital pack rat. I'll be the first to admit it, and I have copies upon copies of things. So, you know, if you're one of those people that were affected by that, it is a reminder. Go out there, make sure you got your digital copy saved somewhere, whether it's an external, to your desktop, anywhere else. Just don't rely on the cloud. Now, continuing on with Disney news, let's get to the parks and also how about in your hand? And how about Disney's ride Space Mountain to become a graphic novel? That's right. The Pirates of the Caribbean series show that you could actually turn a Disney ride into a movie. And there's now a number of Disney attractions that are also going to be made into films. We've had the Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean. We also have heard rumors about Tomorrowland and many others. But we're not certain if Space Mountain is actually going to be a movie. But what we do know is Space Mountain, the graphic novel, is coming from Disney Comics next year. That's right, there's going to be all-new trilogy of Space Mountain comics, with the first one on sale May 6, 2014. Now, the Space Mountain graphic novel has been written by Brian Miller, who also has penned great things like Spider-Man, and Kelly Jones, who has worked on Batman, has done the artwork. Now, as it has been reported previously, a lot of stories have been going around into graphic novels, and time and time again, it could be wrong, but a Space Mountain movie could be awesome and now the newest in a trilogy is coming to your stands as a graphic novel and I myself a fan of graphic novels and comics I watch comic book men y yes I do on AMC you know I love it I'm kind of a nerd it's the way it is but now it's coming in 2014 so get ready for your Space Mountain graphic novel to read in your hands now in these tough times with a lot of different things like Obamacare and people losing jobs and you name it, I'm not getting political here so I'm not going to sway left or right or anything like that. But in these hard times it's good to know that Disney is adding more than 2,000 workers ahead of the holidays. That's right, Walt Disney World and many other theme parks are adding more than 2,000 workers this fall as they gear up for their holiday season. From SeaWorld, Walt Disney World, Universal, and more, their human resource department is saying that they are adding them well ahead of the holiday season. Now, many of these workers go on to stay on board at these parks after the holidays. Not only is it a great source of extra income, it's also a great way to spark the economy and really help out areas where people need the money, you need the jobs. And by adding more than 2,000 workers ahead of the holidays this year, it definitely is going to be great. Now, SeaWorld's second quarter attendance was hurt by many heavy rains in Florida, but they're hoping that the holidays are going to bring in more people. And Disney, they are always busy for the holidays, whereas Universal is gearing up with an extra 700 people across their destination theme parks 
just for the holidays. It's good to have a little bit of extra money in your pocket. And as I said, it's great for, you know, just the economy, for, you know, being in America. It's 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 awesome opportunity, and hopefully many can stay on after after the fact. Now, pushing right along, since we are talking about economy and purchasing and selling and buying, how about the Walt Disney Company to build the world's largest Disney store in Shanghai, China? Yes, you may have seen this light up the wire over the last week or so, but the Walt Disney Company China has officially announced plans to build the company's first and the world's largest Disney store in Shanghai. That's right, marking the occasion was the official signing ceremony between Stanley Chung, Executive Vice President and Managing Director of the Walt Disney Company of Greater China, and Mr. I, I hope I'm not butchering this thing, Jin Zio, I hope I didn't butcher that, General Manager of Finance for the Trade Zone Development. As they put it, this is going to be the world's largest Disney store. Now, the plans so far look fantastic. I mean, this thing is gorgeous, true to Disney form. It has everything from, you know, Mickey Mouse topiaries right there in the center. Great walking area for people to hang out outside, have drinks, relax. I mean, the interior of the store, as they put it, is going to be designed using Disney's award-winning innovative store format, and they're also going to have cutting-edge technologies where families and kids are going to be able to interact with their favorite characters and stories from Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. Now, this is going to be great. They're also going to have the plaza, as I mentioned, featuring Disney-themed landscaping, a first for any Disney store property in the world. Now, this is going to be great. They're going to, I mean, it's going to be awesome. Now, it is slated to open at the end of 2015, and even though I'm not going to get to Shanghai anytime soon, I am excited just to see the final product. I love fantastic design, and I'm just as excited for this. Now, keeping on with all kinds of good news here, as I mentioned so far with adding workers to many of the theme parks, how about 101 marathons to send a sick four-year-old to the Walt Disney World Orlando Resort? That's right, an amazed mother whose son has a potentially life-limiting disease says she can't put into words her appreciation. Now, between the Good Samaritans of Sally, Andrew, and James, they were able to wrangle together thousands of pounds for the United Kingdom family and even offered them a Florida holiday home to stay in. Now, four-year-old Noah was diagnosed with aggressive muscle-wasting disease. Now, this is a form of muscular dystrophy one week after his first birthday was diagnosed. Now, this is very sad. Now, his mother, Vicky, 35, said the family of five from Crawley was devastated by the news. Noah and Vicky, along with their husband, John, 33, and daughters, Kiara and Summer, have always dreamt about visiting the Walt Disney World Resort. But finances got in the way with a child that always has to be in you know care and in the hospitals but many good samaritans caught wind of this friends of the family and others and after months of pounding the pavements and running in a variety of different marathons and more more than 2200 miles were run and they raised over 3500 pounds for the family to go now as she put it i am a mother and things like this are very close to my heart what is money really compared to making this little boys come true and making him happy. Now this is just fantastic, brings a smile to you, and I love hearing about things like this where it is a chance for somebody to do good and give something back to people and really help them out in these situations. I mean, this young child isn't going to have long to live, and now he can experience Mickey Mouse and all his favorite characters right there at the Walt Disney World Resort as well. Now, pushing right along, let's talk about some books and many other things, and how about the Disney Food Blog announcing the launch of the DFB Guide to Walt Disney World Holidays 2013. That's right, it's the holiday season, and just in time for your trip to the Walt Disney World Resort, 
the Disney Food Blog has launched the DFB Guide to Walt Disney World Holidays ebook. Now, this ebook is full of updated holiday tips and new information that you must know before visiting the parks in November, December, and January. Now, readers are going to find detailed information, new events, and holiday happenings, as well as over 250 photos and a frequently asked questions section. There are over 270 pages of information to save you time and money with your Walt Disney World Resort planning during their busiest season. Now, in the DFB Guide to Walt Disney World Holidays, you're going to find detailed descriptions and photos of every holiday event and activity, as well as dining plans and many other things for the three-month schedule. Now, this guide is instantly downloadable and is easily installed on a variety of different mobile devices, and it's guaranteed to help users plan. Now, you're able to get a variety of different things, including a 30-day money-back guarantee. You heard me right. 30-day money-back guarantee. Can't go wrong. Now, you can also get money off. Now, this is the part that's pretty cool. You can also get $3 off the normal price of $14.95 just by using the code JINGLE at checkout. Now, mind you, they didn't supply this to me as, a, you know, I'm not getting a kickback here. I just think it's awesome. Anything that can help anybody plan, you know, do it. Whether that's listening to great podcasts like Inside the Magic, Be Our Guest Podcast, Lou, you know, as well as downloading ebooks. It's always a good thing to do. So definitely check it out. The Disney Food Blog's all-new DFB Guide to the Walt Disney World Holidays 2013. Now, continuing right along with the Disney parks, how about let's head on over to Disneyland and social media all-stars sharing their Disney side at a fan-filled Disneyland World premiere. You may have never heard their names, but their work has been viewed more than 2 billion times and 30 million fans follow them every day online as they post. That's right, Social Media All-Stars premiered with a variety of different people at the Disneyland Resort this past week. Now, Disney Parks tapped this all-new breed of filmmakers, artists, to use their quirky personal styles to share their Disney side in new videos, photos, and internet memes. As they put it, everyone has a Disney side, that more fun-loving, adventurous side that comes out to play at a Disney theme park. We've invited these internet artists to express their Disney side, as they delivered their creativity, humor, and wit, and real passion for our parks. Now, as part of the day's event, the 25 social media all-stars joined Mickey, Donald, and the gang at the Disneyland Park for the ultimate selfie shot in front of Sleeping Beauty Castle. They've also done a variety of different things with Grumpy Cat and more, so it's pretty exciting. I'm not going to go through all about this, but you can actually read more about it on our official website at Diz Radio. You can also find links to all these people and what they did at the event as well. Now, speaking of events and months and things going on, how about National Aviation History Month? That's right, Disney's Planes is saluting National Aviation History Month. This November, Disney is saluting the Aviation History Month, which is a month-long celebration of the United States aviation's storied past, with the release of high-flying family adventures planes on Blu-ray and DVD November 19th. Now, they're going to do this through an educational partnership with aviation museums across the country. Now, beginning as early as this month, Select aviation museums will feature planes-inspired learning materials designed to help introduce children to the exhilarating world of flight and its celebrated figures in the real world as part of the United States aviation's history. To further celebrate History Month, Disney is also going to release the spirited animated comedy Planes on November 19th to coincide with this as well. Now, there are a variety of different materials and more that you can get to help educate about aviation. It is definitely fun. You know, I'm in the Midwest and we have a great, you know, EAA air show that is here every year as well. And just taking my kids to it, it's, it's just a blast. So what better way than to help educate them in a fun way by having planes work with these aviation history museums. All right, all of you D-heads, so I've been rambling on for quite some time. So I'm going to give you one more thing here before I let you go. And how about Marvel and Disney to unveil their first comic, 
under a new imprint. That's right, Marvel Comics and Disney is going to publish a comic book inspired by Disneyland's fabled but never built museum of the weird as its first title under Disney Kingdom's banner. That's right, the five-issue miniseries is titled Seekers of the Weird, and it's going to go on sale this January and is written by Brandon Seifert and illustrated by Carl Moline. Now, Disney's Raleigh Crump created the museum in 1965 as a walkthrough attraction filled with mystical and magical curiosities from around the world that was to be connected to Disney's Haunted Mansion. After Walt Disney died, the designs remained on the drawing board and never saw the light of day. Now, the story centers on teens Maxwell and Melody, who must find their kidnapped parents by making their way through the museum. Now, the Walt Disney World Company acquired Marvel for over $4.2 billion in 2009, and this is going to be their first comic under this brand new imprint banner. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm gonna take a break here, release the reins to the D-team. We are back in form here with lots of news hot off the D-wire. We're gearing up as we have the one and only Johnny Whitaker stopping in here at the show. As I mentioned, he was in a variety of different Disney films, as well as Tom Sawyer the Musical, which is about as much of a Disney film as you can get without it being a Disney film, because it was music by the Sherman Brothers, and it was done in true Disney fashion. So I'm excited, Johnny's gonna be stopping in here very very shortly. So all of you D-heads, before I let you go, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is officially sponsored by Pixie Vacations. And the agents at Pixie Vacations can help you plan your Walt Disney World, Disneyland, and Vacations by Disney trip to make it the most magical that you're going to do. They're educated, well-rounded, well, I hope they're well-rounded, but they are educated in Walt Disney World resorts, and they're going to help you plan that trip and make the most out of your Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Vacations by Disney adventure. Definitely check them out at PixieVacations.com. So with that said, I'm going to release the reins to the D-team. We have Aaron, who's going to dip his hand into the mailbag with I Want to Know and many other goodies. So all I can say is let's raise a toast, tip of the hat, stop dilly-dallin', and let's have a drink on it. Well, 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 let's have a drink on it, as me father used to say. When the truth is nobly spoken, it's respect you've got to pay. So fill your cup and lift it up and clink. Here's how. No shilly-shallying, no dilly-dallying, let's have a drink of it now. No shilly-shallying, no dilly-dallying, let's have a drink of it now. Well, 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 let's have a drink on it to them fighting legionnaires To their outpost in the desert and their gorgeous crowdy gears Sailing for Benghazi on a rusty scow No shilly-shallying, no dilly-dallying, let's have a drink of it now No shilly-shallying, no dilly-dallying, let's have a drink of it now What do you do when the wash is gone and there's no turning back? You're four days from the fort, the Arab renegades attack. And the blistering sun keeps burning, reinforcements can't get through. What do you do about it? What do you do about it? Do you blister easily? Yes, as a matter of fact. Ah, uh, the foreign legion is not for you. Right! Right! Well, 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 let's have a drink on it to the simple average life! To the wages every Friday that you bring home to the wine! To the sweat of honest labour on your average brow! No shilly-shallying, no dilly-dallying, let's have a drink on it now! No shilly-shallying, no dilly-dallying, let's have a drink on it now!
to the gentleman what do you do about it what do you do about it the simple average life sir no right right wrong well 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 let's have a drink on it here's to china across the bay to them darling little oysters and the pearls they give away a man could make his fortune there i will somehow No silly shallie and no dilly dally, I'm off to China now. Well, 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 one last drink and then you're on your merry way. What do you do when your sandpan swims a leak in China Bay? When the truth is nobly spoken, it's respect you gotta pay. Them oriental fires come take your pearls away. So fiddly up and lay, fiddly up and lay. And their dealings with dressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. Well, that was Land of the Lost. How did you like it, Petey? Petey? What are you doing down there? Oh, come on. You're not that scared. Uh, no, no. I guess I just got carried away. Do you know who you're sitting on? It's Johnny Whittaker. Johnny Whittaker? You mean the star of Sigmund and the Sea Monsters? Come on up, Johnny. How you doing? Hey, Johnny, how you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. Wait! Oh, no. I've got to watch out for this thing. I'm going, I'm going. All right, she's moving along. Oh, come on, come on. Not here. Hey, Friends of yours? Oh, oh, oh. Hey! Oh, hello there. We're in this show, too, you know! <laughs> uh, why don't you introduce us? Yeah, what are you? Unfair to see monsters? Huh? Oh, gee, I'm sorry, Johnny. I tried to stop them. That's okay, Sigmund. Um, Jimmy, meet the oozes. Oh. Well, you've got your family, I've got mine. <laughs> Just call us the Oozmans. Yeah! <laughs> and if you think that overstuffed pigeon and that overgrown lizard were good, wait till you see the Oozes get it on. Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Whitaker and the Ooze family. Disney On Demand, a new kind of Disney show.
bit my life has changed since you came on the scene and everything is twice as nice if you know what I mean I can't change the way I feel and I wouldn't if I could I never had someone before who made me feel so good talking about Waters from the Haunted Mansion, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Hey, D-Heads. This is Aaron with another installment of I Want to Know. Hope everyone had a great Halloween. Hope all the kids got lots of candy, enough to share with the parents anyway. But before we know it, it'll be Christmas time. I just want to encourage everyone to send their questions to me directly at Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Well, let's reach in that virtual mailbag and see what we have this week. Our first question this week comes from James in Alabama, and he writes, Diz Radio, love the show. Watching old school live action Disney movies is something I love. I was watching The Journey of Natty Gann over the past week and was curious as to where the movie was filmed. It is so picturesque. Also, in the Return to Witch Mountain remake, was that Meredith Salinger in the film reporting as Natty Gan? Hope you can answer these. Well, one of my favorite things about doing this segment is how you D-heads remind me of great movies I haven't seen in years. The Journey of Natty Gan is definitely one of these. The film was released in 1985. The movie, set in 1935, tells the story of a 12-year-old girl, Natty Gan, played by Meredith Salinger, out of work because of depression area unemployment, Natty's father travels from Chicago to the state of Washington to find work in the timber industry, leaving tomboyish Natty behind. Having no mother, Natty is left in the care of Connie, the insensitive woman who manages the hotel Natty and her father have been living in. After overhearing Connie reporting that she is a abandoned child, Natty runs away to find her father on her own, embarking on a cross-country journey. Along the way, she is befriended by a wolf who travels with her for much of her journey, has a brief, innocent romance with another young traveler, played by John Cusack, and encounters various obstacles that test her courage, perseverance, and ingenuity. Connie tells Nanny's father on the phone that she's run away, causing him to worry. He becomes grief-stricken when he learns that Natty's wallet was found underneath a derailed train. Unbeknownst to him, 
She lived through the crash when, he, when she stowed away on it during part of her journey. He leaves the lumber company to search through the wreckage for her, but to no avail. He returns to the lumber company and takes on Widow's work under the resolve that she's dead. Locating her father's company's base camp, Natty eventually finds and reunites with her father in a heart-wrenching embrace on a mountain road. While the film was shot in three locations in Canada, the train scenes were filmed along the British Columbia Railway, North Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. The frontier town is Crow's Nest Pass, Alberta, Canada. And the barn shots were done in Sparswood, British Columbia, Canada. Absolutely beautiful scenery. And as far as the cameo in Race to Witch Mountain, you're absolutely correct, James. Meredith Salinger was a TV reporter named Natalie Gann. Great catch. Another great cameo in that movie was by Kim Richards and Ike Eisenman, who portrayed Tia and Tony in the original Witch Mountain films of the 1970s. Well, our next question comes from Tabitha Rincall, and she writes, Aaron, quick question. Where can I find the old Disneyland record adaptations of Disney movies? I know this is a broad question, but I can't find them anywhere, really. Maybe I'm not searching good enough. I loved these as a kid and how they were like reliving the movie. Thanks a bunch, my Diz Radio friends. Well, the easy answer to this question is to go to DizRadio.com and listen to our Lifetime of Disney player. There you can listen to such classics as Pinocchio and one of my favorites, Something Wicked This Way Comes. The Disneyland Records Company was formed in 1955 after several years of Disney Studio licensing their music to other record companies, such as RCA, DECA, and Capitol Records. The first record issued with the Disneyland label was a Child's Garden of Verses, which included content from the Walt Disney Mickey Mouse Club television show. There's also a great website at DisneylandRecords.com, which lists the full catalog of albums, but also gives you a link to eBay where you can find some of these albums for sale. I also found some for sale on Amazon. Well, our final question this week comes from Mike Paltenberg of Washington. He writes, Disney On Demand DT. This used to be a place in downtown Disney that made custom character shirts. It was like an automated airbrush or something. I was curious if it was still around since I plan on going to the parks sometime in January. I think my kids would love it. The store you're referring to is Disney Design a Tea. This store is awesome. It is a joint venture between Disney and Hanes. Inside the store are a number of t-shirt shaped kiosks. At touch sensitive screens, you select from a number of options to create a one-of-a-kind Disney souvenir. First choice, would you like a long sleeve or short sleeve shirt or a woman's fit? Next you select adult, kids, toddler, or infants. Short sleeves are also available all the way up to size 5X, so you've got lots of choices. The color choice comes next, and then it's time to select design. There are seven categories to choose from. you got celebrations, characters, princesses, Tinkerbell, pirates, Pixar, Disney films, and holidays. Within each category, there are more selections to choose from. In all, there are more than 100 designs. There are four lines of text that are available, one line above the graphics and three lines below. There's an on-screen typewriter that allows you to put your imagination to work or you can select from a number of ready-made messages. As you continue to add designs and text, an image of your work in progress is displayed on the monitor. 
Once you finalize your design, a receipt is printed out and you take that to the cashier. The cashier will display your work on a computer monitor that allows you to verify everything is correct before completing the transaction. After you pay, you're informed that the backstage storage space is very small, so all of the t-shirts arrive at the store miniaturized. You're then handed a small tee approximately 6 inches square. Next, you're instructed to take this tiny tee to a marvelous machine located nearby. Insert your mini shirt and push the start button. A moment later, your shirt is whisked upwards in a pneumatic tube and travels all around the ceiling in a maze of plastic cylinders before disappearing backstage. It is here that Disney and Haynes work their magic. Shirt is mystically enlarged, dyed, and printed to your specifications. This store gives you not only a great souvenir, long with a really great experience. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Remember, send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. Try
Hey, D-heads, when you aren't enjoying Disney On Demand, head on over to DizRadio.com and listen to our famous Lifetime of Disney Player, where you can while away the hours reliving Disney classics from film, television, and the parks. What are you waiting for? Keep your hands and arms inside at all times and go to DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. And have a magical day. All right, back once again, all of you D-heads. I hope you're enjoying show number 53 for the week of November 7th, 2013, as we are back in action, back in form here at Disney On Demand. Thank you, Aaron, once again for stopping in and answering all those questions with I Want to Know, dipping your hand into that virtual mailbag. Now, all of you D-heads, remember that if you want to shoot Aaron a question yourself, definitely connect up with him right there on our homepage. Just go to the D-Team page, or you can email him your questions directly at Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. Thank you, Aaron, once again for stopping in and answering all those questions. Now, we have all kinds of fun here this week. We're gearing up for the one and only Johnny Whitaker to be stopping in. We have more from the D-Team with Randy and Lexi stopping in and all kinds of fun here. So we're not slowing down here this week. So all of you D-Heads, I already had a toast to it. I had a drink on it, and now we're back. Let's get back to that news hot off the D-Wire. And if you need some alone time this coming weekend, don't venture near the Walt Disney World Resort because it's about to get crazy with a variety of activities that are going to populate resorts with artists, runners, and many others saying happy holidays. That's right, the Festival of the Masters is going to be happening this weekend at Downtown Disney. Now, the sold-out Disney Wine and Dine Half Marathon is the final weekend of the popular Epcot International Food and Wine Festival and the first round of Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party at the Magic Kingdom. Now, the Festival of Masters, which runs from today through Sunday, is going to feature hundreds of artists displaying their talents in tents across the shopping district of downtown Disney. Now, the Disney Artist Village, an area tucked between Cirque du Soleil and the House of Blues, are going to spotlight folks who are Imagineers or part of the company's Yellow Shoes creative group, plus artists who use Disney characters and scenes as inspiration for their original works. There's also going to be a variety of different food and edibles that are going to be there, including a short Art of Mixology seminars at the Waterside Stage. There's going to be a variety of different things going on from Team Disney, Sun Trust, and Lake Buena Vista Drive. So get ready for this. It's the Festival of the Masters at Downtown Disney. So definitely get your groove on. It's going to be going on from 10 a.m. to 5.30 today and Saturday and from 10 to 5 on Sunday. And it is absolutely free to check out. Now, if you want to find out more about this, you can actually visit more at DisneyFestivalOfTheMasters.com. Now, moving into some Disney Channel news, how about Shake It Up? Everybody knows Shake It Up is coming to a close and the series is going to end, but how about Zendaya is going to star in an all-new Disney Channel pilot, Super Awesome Katie. That's right, Super Awesome Katie will star Zendaya as a smart and talented teenager who discovers that her parents are spies and they expect her to follow in the family trade. Now, the pilot is expected to be shot early next year, and she has previously worked on the hit comedy series, as I mentioned, that is going to close, Shake It Up. So now you can get ready for an all-new comedy. It's not the last you've seen of Zendaya, so she is going to be part of an all-new show that is coming, Super Awesome Katie, to the Disney Channel. Now, let's move out of the Disney realm. Well, it's still under the Disney flagship, but how about Star Wars? Yes, everybody is hyped up about Episode 7. Well, now Star Wars Episode 7 is holding open casting calls in the UK. That's right, it's here. The first official announcement, Disney is holding open auditions for Star Wars Episode 7 in London. That's right, the production will be filmed at the legendary Pinewood Studios on the city's outskirts, and producers are looking for local talent to be part of the film. Now, the competition is expected to be fierce, as J.J. Abrams' film, which continues the story of Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and Princess Leia, 
fighting for freedom against the powerful forces of the dark side. Now, according to the BBC, the studio is looking for a street smart and strong orphaned girl in her late teens and a smart, capable man in his late teens or early 20s. Now, even though Disney has not confirmed that casting calls were set for Episode 7, the similarities between the requirements for the call and what they're looking for are definitely hand in hand. Now, the much-awaited next installment of the saga is going to begin production as early as next year and going to be released in 2015. So get ready for this and, uh, you know, I wish I lived in London. You know, I'm not in my 20s anymore, but hey, never know if you have a chance. Now, since we were talking about the Disney Channel, let's get back to some Disney Channel numbers. And these are just raw numbers here for all of you D-heads, but it's something to be proud of. How about Disney Channel ranking as TV's number one total day network for the 125th consecutive week? Yes, I had to pause for a second. That's right, Disney Channel's ranking as TV's number one total day network for the 125th consecutive week. So congrats to Disney Channel on that. That is a long-standing reign. Yes, sometimes the news isn't always the best, but a man was airlifted from Disney's Magic Kingdom and taken to a local hospital this last Wednesday evening after falling and hitting his head on the ground, officials have said. Now, the man who is in his 60s was conscious and in stable condition Wednesday night, according to Bo Jones, a spokesperson for Reedy Creek Fire Department. Now, Jones said the man was injured as he attempted to help a child who had climbed into a planter inside the park. As he tried to help the child out of the planter, the man lost his balance and fell, hitting his head on the ground at about 7 p.m. Now, Jones did not detail the nature of the man's injuries, but said rescuers thought that it was best to get him to the hospital quickly. His name has not been released, but, you know, accidents do happen, and Disney was prompt into getting him the treatment he needs. Now, moving into Disney films once again, as we just talked about Star Wars, how about Jon Favreau to direct Disney's new Jungle Book movie for Disney? Yes, it has been all over the wire this last week, and according to The Hollywood Reporter, the Iron Man director will return to the big-budget film after shooting an indie film called Chef, starring Sofia Vergara and Scarlett Johansson. Now, the new adaption will be the third version of the film that Disney has produced. The first adaption was made in 1967, as we all know, with great songs by the Sherman Brothers and won Best Song at the Academy Awards. Now, the studio later produced a 1994 live-action film, which also had Sam Neill in it and Carrie Ills. Now, Disney later made an animated sequel, Jungle Book 2, in 2003. Now, previously, Favreau has directed Iron Man 2, Cowboys and Aliens, Zathura, Elf, and 2001's Made. Now, as he puts it, this is going to be the next release that is going to be up on the chopping block, and I think it might be good. It might be fun. I personally am hoping that it's going to be a musical. I think Disney needs to get back to making musicals. So, I'm excited for it. Many people are up in arms and not sure what to make of it, but, you know, I think it's going to be great. I mean, why not make The Jungle Book once again as something that's fun, exciting, and I think a live adaption of the 1967 classic would be awesome. So all of you D-heads, we have all kinds of news still on the horizon. You know, lots of great things. Disney Channel star Tiffany Thornton is pregnant with her second child as the Disney star's baby bump is beginning to show. We also have other great things like Netflix is distributing first-run Disney films on demand in the Netherlands, as well as Disney's Swan and Dolphin Hotel offering elf tuckins, chocolate Santas, and more for the holidays. But you know what? We're running short on time. I've already rambled on forever and ever getting you news here this week, all of you D-heads. So... With that said, I'm just going to release the reins here back to the G-Team. We have Lexi, who's going to stop in with the Hollywood Walk, and she's going to give you more about our very special guest here this week, Johnny Whitaker, stopping in very shortly, and many other things. 
So, all of you D-heads, like I said, we're back to true form. I'm cutting it a little short because the show's already going long. There is so much news. Free form, uh, free going it for the last couple of weeks and just rambling on to you during our not-so-scary Halloween editions just really as backlog news. But we're back in action, all of you D-heads, so definitely, you know, it, it feels good to be back. We're into November. We have some great things on the horizon for Thanksgiving, so I'm going to release the reins to Lexi, our D-team member from Down Under, and when I come back... We're going to have the TV and film icon, Johnny Whitaker, stopping in. Be right back, all VD heads. Frontierland reminds me some of my own hometown, Hannibal. It takes me back to when I was a barefoot boy growing up alongside the riverbanks. You know, it seems to me that when I was younger, I could remember everything, whether it happened or not. But as I grow older, I, I seem to remember only the things that never happened at all. See that peak just beyond the outskirts of Frontierland? That's Chickapin Hill, or at least it used to be. Dam burst a few years back, and folks been calling it Splash Mountain ever since. Some have even taken to riding hollowed-out logs over the big falls. Seems far-fetched, I know, but it's the truth. All my life, it seems, I never could tell a lie that anybody would doubt, nor a truth that anybody would believe. But believe me when I tell you, Truth is the most valuable thing we have, so I make sure I only use it with economy. Uncouth, irreverent, wild, that irresponsible child. I tried to teach him, but who can reach him? He never can be found. Leaves his trash around, just won't learn, and he just keeps turning away. Tom Sawyer, the devil's got him in tow. Tom Sawyer, he's grief and worry and woe. He's late for supper and late for school, and he's taking me for a fool. I'll bet Tom Sawyer will be the death of me yet. Tom goes up with hucks, swimming in the nude. Tom tears all his clothes, and he talks so crude. Hides dead snakes and things underneath the stairs. And in Sunday school, never knows his prayers. Tom's a good boy, Tom is kind. Tom holds wonders in his mind. Tom's an orphan, can't you see? He needs our love and sympathy. Tom has gunshot, Tom is strong. Have fun, it won't be no surprise. He loves Cabaret and every other day. And you just wish you were like him. Tom Sawyer, that Tom is turning me gray. Tarnation, he'll never learn to obey. I know that boy could be such a joy to me if he'd only be good. But he's always wasting his time away, exasperating me every day. No ambition and no respect. He'll be the death of me yet. tracks off the port side lead to Big Thunder Mountain, where gold was found a few years back. Indian legends say that evil spirits haunt the area. 
Well, the miners are starting to believe that, what with all the runaway trains that have been hurtling down the mountain lately. Speaking of trains, well, there's one that's run into a pile of trouble. Howdy, folks. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the train and remain seated at all times. Now then, hang on to them hats and glasses, because this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. There's a frightened, trembling man His body's weak and feeble And his skin has lost its tan But I asked him for a ticket He turned and shook his head He grabbed me by the shoulder And this is what he said Before you get on board this train There's something you should know When I finish with this tale You might not want to go I listened with amazement That what he said was true And now, my friend, the time has come To tell this tale to you Hear the legend of Thunder Mountain If you eat a pot and stay away From the Thunder Mountain Railroad Thunder Mountain Railroad Said as the legend has it on one foggy night in June The train and crew pulled out as well beneath the darkened moon The boiler full of water and the tinder full of coal The whistle screamed a warning as the wheels began to roll Then like a buggy bronco with a cougar on its back The train began to run away down miles and miles of track What happened to the crew that night no one has ever learned The train pulled in all by itself the men did not return. Here's a legend of Thunder Mountain. If you eat a pot and stay away from the Thunder Mountain Railroad, Thunder Mountain Railroad run away. Thunder continues to unfold The stories of its danger continue to be told Avalanche of rattlesnakes and earthquakes in the night And voices of that phantom crew until you run with So please forgive me, mister, if I'm standing in your way But before you buy your ticket, there's one thing I have to say Hear the for the hold-up, folks. There seems to be a slow-moving train up ahead, so we gotta sit here for a spell. You just remain seated, and we'll be right with you.
very wonderful child star and a true icon of American TV history. None other than Mr. Johnny Whittaker. He has appeared in and even starred in a range of much-loved American classics. Some of Johnny's most well-known roles include shows like Family Affair and movies like Snowball Express, The Biscuit Eater, and Tom Sawyer the Musical, and more. I think it's easy to say that this week's special guest is nothing short of a TV legend. <laughs> now, it was back in the 60s and 70s that the world first fell in love with Johnny, as he starred in a range of film and TV classics during that period. This is pretty sweet. Johnny is naturally red-headed, and is probably best known for his role as Brian Keith's six-year-old nephew, Jody Davis, on Family Affair, a role that he held from 1966 through to 1971. And around that same time, he originated the role of Scotty Baldwin on General Hospital. At the same time as well, Johnny was making his name in the world of film. It was in 1966 that he acted in a major feature film called The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming, which also starred Brian Keith, the actor who played his uncle on the Family Affairs show. Just a few years later, this week's special guest lent his talents to the title character in the 1973 musical version of Tom Sawyer. Get this. This is a cool way to show how special the Disney family is. Two of his siblings, Billy and Dora, provided the voices of the rabbits, Skippy and Tagalong, for Disney's animated film Robin Hood in that very same year. How awesome! Disney really is all about families. Alright, time for some background information. Johnny is a California native and I can't imagine how he did it, but he is the fifth of eight children to Thelma and John O. Whittaker Sr. What a big and talented family. <laughs> Acting is definitely in Johnny's blood, as he started his professional career at the age of three, when he appeared in a television commercial for a local used car dealer. And get this, he was actually discovered while singing in the church's children program. <laughs> I think that's such a cute story. During his early years, Johnny guest starred in a number of great TV series like Bonanza, The Virginian, Lancer, and even three episodes of Gunsmoke. And I particularly love that Johnny appeared in a few episodes of the classic shows Bewitched and Green Acres. Yes, we do get those down here in Australia, don't worry. <laughs> this was the golden age in TV sitcoms. And it's awesome that Johnny got to be 
a fun part of that. After his initial years developing his acting skills, this week's special guest went on to star in the Saturday morning children's series, Sid and Marty Croft. And that was in 1973. As well as the Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. Pretty awesome, right? And Johnny definitely was a busy, talented and very hard-working young actor. Somewhere else that us D-heads can see his work is on the big screen. The 1970s were such a special time for the Walt Disney Studios. As technology was constantly pushing the envelope, and we can really see that on screen. I think the 70s era at Disney is something pretty special. So, this week's special guest starred in a range of fantastic films from that time. These include Disney's Snowball Express, The Biscuit Eater, Napoleon and Samantha, and The Magic Pony. And 1972 was a great year for Johnny and for Disney. <laughs> what a match made in heaven. His most prominent feature film role during this period was the lead in the 1973 musical version of Tom Sawyer. Now, there is a very special link between Tom Sawyer and Disney, and that is the film's score was composed by none other than the beloved Sherman Brothers. Critics have said that other than Johnny's incredible performance, of course, one of the most memorable features of this film is the soundtrack. Like I said, with the words, music and script written by the Sherman Brothers. And just a little bit more Tom Sawyer trivia. It was in this film that our special guest gave Jodie Foster her first on-screen kiss. <laughs> it's pretty cute, right? And this wasn't the first film that Johnny did with Jodie. He starred with her for the first time in Disney's Napoleon and Samantha, just one year earlier. And all up, this week's special guest starred in five Disney films. That is pretty cool. And here is something about Johnny that you probably didn't know. He starred in a thriller called Something Evil, and it was actually a made-for-TV movie directed by none other than Mr. Steven Spielberg. Wow, talk about part of history. Outside of his work as one of America's favourite young actors, Johnny actually graduated from high school, and after that, as if he wasn't busy enough already, he then spent two years in Portugal. Portugal, that's a pretty interesting country to travel to. I agree, but Portugal is also a very lucky country, as a young Johnny spent his days there doing missionary work for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Upon returning to the United States, he attended Brigham Young University and graduated in 1986 with a degree in communications. Now, Johnny's range of skills, talents, and interests are so diverse. Let me tell you, I found researching for this week's special guest rather fascinating. How could he have done so much by such a young age? 
I can safely say that Johnny Whittaker is nothing short of impressive. <laughs> and here is something else interesting. Johnny actually left acting and worked as a computer consultant briefly at CBS and later joined his sister's Los Angeles talent agency, Whittaker Entertainment. Now, what is this week's special guest up to now? Well, just another testament to his good nature. Johnny is a qualified drugs counsellor and spends his days giving back to his community. And he's currently doing so at the Tarzana Treatment Centers in Southern California. And Johnny has said that he loved and appreciated his time acting as a child, but that his current role as a counsellor is a true calling for him. And I think that's wonderful and a great perspective to hold. Recently, Johnny showed just how special he is and how lucky Disney is to have him as part of the Disney family. As he founded a special program to help Spanish-speaking addicts and alcoholics find treatment. Like I say each week, I feel so lucky to get to tell all you D-heads about another special Disney family member. Well, this week is no different. And Johnny was celebrated by the entertainment industry and the Young Artist Foundation with its former child star Lifetime Achievement Award. Isn't that fantastic? This award recognized Johnny's outstanding achievements. More recently, Johnny was gracious enough to attend and participate in the 2009 Mid-Atlantic Nostalgia Convention, where he signed autographs for fans. He also starred in and co-produced a talk show on the radio called The Dr. Zod and Johnny Show. I'll definitely try to get my hands on that. <laughs> also, in his free time, between drug counselling and working on the radio show, Johnny has learnt to master a wealth of exciting languages from Portuguese, Spanish and French, even through to American Sign Language. And just something else fascinating about this week's special guest. For 13 years, he worked closely with the joint SAG and AFTRA Young Performers Committee, helping current young performers receive the benefits and prepare them for the detriments that a career in show business is likely to produce. So we can see how Johnny is using his life experience to help others. And I think it's fair to say that this week's special guest, Johnny Whittaker, is an incredible person. I could list so many more of his achievements. Just one more, though. Johnny also teaches acting classes. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Thank you, Johnny Whittaker. Without you, Disney definitely would not be the same. Cooper's dealings with pressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down the A dog hat. That's it. Huh? Moreover. That ain't a name. That's a good name. You like it? Moreover. Moreover. It rhymes with Rover. You like it? Moreover? See, he likes it too. Oh, sounds fine. There's a lot of sweetening in that name. Come on, Moreover. Come on. 
dog you gave Blue Dorsey today? Mm-hmm. I remember him well. Well, texting me traded him back from Willie. Is that so? We aim to train him. Well, that'll take a bit of doing. You just keep him away from the rest of the dogs. I mean, your training methods ain't exactly the same as mine, you know. Yes, sir. By the way, thanks for telling me. Oh, it really doesn't matter what I do, what I do, as long as I do it with a flair. What effect a little smoke is with a dash of hocus pocus and the scent of burning sulfur in the air. I'm a fraud, a hoax, a charlatan, a joke, but they love me everywhere. For it really doesn't matter what I do, what I do, as long as I do it with a flower. And it really doesn't matter what I say, what I say, as long as I say it with a flower. First I rattle off a ready stock of gibberish and poppycock and fix you with my best hypnotic stare. With my moans and groans and soporific tones, they have cheered me everywhere. For it really doesn't matter what I say, what I say. I sell it when I tell it with a seam, a salabim, the magician's nursery rhyme. Abra! You succumb to it every time. Wave a stick, and each trick will mystify and disarm. In fact, to coin a fitting phrase, it works like a charm. So it really doesn't matter what I brew, what I brew, as long as I brew it with a flare. Though I've never cast a magic spell, I make the motions very well. My showmanship is far beyond compare. I'm a rogue, a rake, a mountebank, a fake, but I do whatever I dare. For it really doesn't matter what I do, what I do. You buy my charms and boxes because they come in fancy boxes. To improve your ugly daughter, I've a vial of colored water. And my magic incantations can be framed as decorations, though there's really nothing to it. And of course you all see through it. You love me because I do it with a flower. Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. 
All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues Disney On Demand and bringing you all the magic, the memories, and all the fun from all your memories growing up from your lifetime of Disney. We have all kinds of people that we bring here for you. And with us here this week is somebody that is an icon to all of you. Many of you may recognize him from shows like General Hospital, Family Affair, also great movies like Tom Sawyer, as well as The Little Angel and... Let's not forget TV shows like Sigmund and the Sea Monster. We have none other than John Whitaker here with us this week. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Well, thank you very much. And you need to remind everyone that I also had I've done four Walt Disney films. Yes, that is Three correct. Three Disney films plus uh, a uh, Wonderful World of Disney, a Wonderful World of Color. I forget which one it was at the time. Yes. Well, you know, there's so many different things to tackle in your resume that we're just going to have to uh, dive right in. And I guess to start with that, um, you know, I guess what got you into acting at such a such a young age? Well, actually, my very first on-screen appearance was at about six months old. A member of our um, neighborhood worked in a uh, some local television show, and they needed three mothers with three babies. Uh, on some kind of a game show, I forget what it was, and they showed the faces of the mothers, and they had to guess what the mothers were doing, and when the camera pulled back, they were all feeding their babies, and I was one of the three babies, my best friend, um, uh, David Chambers, myself, and then our other friend, who was uh, the son of the director-producer there, uh, so the three of us were on television, but... My actual first paid gig was doing an okay used car commercial for Chevrolet. Three years old, yeah. But, but, but what happened is I was singing a song in church with my sisters and uh, for the youth program and somebody recognized that I had some talent and because uh, I messed up the words but kind of went on even with some of the messed up words and didn't get too flustered. So <laughs> since I was able to do that, they said, boy, this guy has some talent at three years old, so <laughs> that's, that's what happened. Well, you know, that's when you know it comes naturally, when, you know, it's three years old and they're already like, all right, this kid has it, he has the bug, and uh, he has the talent to do it. Well, you know, I guess with that, you know, moving forward for uh, all the all the fans out there, of course, and Family Affair, which, you know, great sitcom, you know, everybody loved it, and, you know, it's, you know, gets great reviews, people pass it down on DVD now, um, you know, and landing that kind of role, which, you know, kicked things off for you back, uh, you know, from 1966 to 71. Um, what was it being part of uh, this kind of show that now still has this legacy where I feel that, you know, it is up there in part of television history where it is never going to be forgotten? Oh, absolutely. It, uh, Family Affair is an iconic um, 60s and 70s family show. Um, you know, I didn't know, but a lot of bachelors were having their own series. I mean, they had Bachelor Father, um, they had, uh, what's the other one? I mean, it came in after hours, but uh, Courtship of Eddie's Father. So the Bachelor Father was not a uh, unknown quantity, but for whatever reason, oh, and Gidget, you never saw Gidget's mom. It was always Gidget's dad. Um, and uh, the same thing with the Patty Duke show unique in that we had not a family, but uh, I realized later on that we were not unique and that we were kind of commonplace to have a 
and the family affair was basically Buffy and Jody. Um, Sissy was there for all the young prepubescent boys, uh, or pubescent boys. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, Uncle Bill was there for the moms and the teenage girls. And Buffy and Jody was there for everybody to go, oh, look how cute they are. Look what they're doing to, you know, this week. So, um, it's fun. And, um, I'm now 53 years old. So at 53, I do respect the work that I did back then. But I say, hey, you know, today I'm a better actor and better performer than I ever was. So I've got 50 years of, of experience under my belt. Well, definitely. And, you know, and that's the kind of thing where we're going to tackle that in, in a bit because there's so many different things that you have going on even now. But I guess for all of our Disney fans, I know they're itching for us to get to it. So we'll segue to some of the Disney stuff. And you mentioned, you know, how you're part of so many Disney films like Snowball Express, The Biscuit Eater, uh, Napoleon and Samantha, The Magic Pony. I mean, so many great Disney films there. And Snowball Express, still to this day, holds really high acclaim for many people as a film that they grew up watching together as a family and watching these films. And The Biscuit Eater, I guess, uh, what was it like being part of, uh, you know, I guess the Disney franchise and family umbrella there for so many films that, you know, people still embrace? Because when it comes to Disney films, people pass them on from generation to generation to generation. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm very proud to be a cast member. Um, I never had to go to Disney University, though. <laughs> <laughs> but I did go to school on the Disney lot, so maybe that counts. Um, we had a big red school um, train that was famous for all the Musketeers, and I don't know if it's still in existence on the Disney lot anymore, but uh, um, it wasn't where it used to be. There's a great big uh, other building where that used to be. But um, the first film I did was uh, The Biscuit Eater. And interesting thing with The Biscuit Eater is um, Mr. Smith, the archivist for Disney Studios, um, he sent me probably about 10, 15 years ago at uh, the Disney Studios. I was there for some business and uh, went to lunch. And he saw me there. He said, John, when you're done with lunch, I'd like to uh, give you a tour. And at the time, I didn't know who Mr. Smith was. But <laughs> I did find out later on that he is the man to know at Disney. Anyway, so um, I finished with lunch. And he said, I'd like to take you someplace. And he says, come here. And went into this other room. And he brought out this pad, this uh, blotter. And it was all under glass. And uh, he said, look on there and see if there's anything that strikes you as interesting. And I had no idea what it was. And I said, I'm sorry, no, I don't. And I looked at it for like two or three minutes. And um, again, I didn't know how important Mr. Smith was. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I looked at, at this um, great you know, blotter. And I said, no, I, I don't know. He says, this is Walt Disney's blotter on the day that he passed away. Wow. Like, what? And so I went, okay. Oh, wow, that is beautiful. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a piece of history. And, and, and he says, but there's something I want you to see. I said, okay. 
here on this yellow notepad, you know, sticky notepad. I said, okay, do you see anything there? And I said, oh, yeah, I see it. It says, get rights to the biscuit eater. Wow. So, uh, you know, the biscuit eater, according to Mr. Smith, was um, the last official requested film by Walt Disney. Well, you know, and that's the kind of thing where now, I mean, I, I, amazing story. I mean, it's just, you know, and now you're connected to this, too. It's just, it's amazing because, you know, there's so many great things about, you know, Walt Disney, the the man and the myth behind him. And in something like that, where it's so, you know, this little piece of nugget in history that's connected by, you know, all these little events that, I mean, I guess it must feel really good, though, after talking, you know, with Dave Smith that, uh, you know, knowing that, hey, you know what, now you're part of this. That was part of uh, the last thing that Walt Disney requested. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I... <laughs> I'm very proud of that, and whenever a Disney fight or a Disney fan, Disney Anna person asks me, I say, this was, you know, my first film for Disney was Walt Disney's last specifically requested film, and uh, according to Dave Smith, and uh, so that was cool, but uh, I had a great time, uh, George Spell was a little uh, African-American kid who was in the movie with me with B. Richards, who um, a great actress in Godfrey Cambridge, and uh, uh, Earl Holloman played my dad. And, I mean, it was just a great film. I had a good time. I learned how to hold a rifle. And, um, you know, Disney is known for its dog movies and its, you know, boy and his dog and, you know, this is another boy and his dog movie, you know, and it's uh, it's historical in my opinion. Then uh, that was with Vincent Mechavidi, who was the director, and then his brother Bernard Mechavidi, um, Mechavidi wanted to get a you know a kid who had some good uh, recognizable you know uh, recognition for the work for his upcoming film, which was. Napoleon and Samantha, um, and they had just signed some kid. I don't know who it was, and I apologize to him, you know, if he listens and is a fan and doesn't know, but, or he knows, I just don't know who he was. <laughs> they somebody officially signed for the role of Napoleon, but um, Mr. Uh, um, Vincent McAvity convinced Bernard, or Bernard, to take a look at me, and when he saw me, uh, he said, we're changing, we want Johnny. So I got that role, working with Major the Lion. It's an interesting thing with um, uh, Jodie Foster, to this day, claims to have fang marks around her midsection where the lion grabbed her. Now, my understanding, I don't know if she accepts or doesn't, but my understanding this is two-time Academy Award winner Jodie Foster, by the way, who I gave her first on-screen kiss. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we were there. They had two lions. They had a um, the old lion. His name was uh, Major the Lion, and then they had a younger lion who did all of the stunts and you know stunt lion. But it was he was still as friendly and kind and you know nice. I mean, he was very. Playful and, and uh, Stuart Raffel, who was the owner of Major and also the writer of this 
screenplay. Um, grew up with Major uh, in his family, and so that's how he became the, the trainer and worked with Major and whatever. And uh, absolutely no concern at all. Uh, he had his teeth. Uh, a lot of lions that work in the industry are, you know, defanged and all of that. But Major had all of his teeth. So did Simba, or Samba, I forget its name, but uh, the younger lion. Anyway, we were along this long precipice where Jody and I were supposed to be really, really far up. We weren't that far up, maybe 10 feet on a little cliff. Um, but when they put it on the film, of course, we were 200 feet up. Uh, but as we were going on this small precipice, Jody slipped and fell down. Well, um, Simba reached to pick her up and reached his hand or his paw and arm uh, down around her. And the only thing he could do so that he would fall was to put her in his mouth, which he <laughs> did. And in doing so, he did break the skin, but was not trying to hurt her just trying to protect her, and of course, filming stopped, and uh, Randy, Jody's mother, went crazy, and anyway, <laughs> that was that interesting story. Then when I did um, um, Snowball Express, actually, I believe I was going to be in Utah, outside of uh, Park City, a uh, snowmobile race this uh, coming winter up there, and they're going to call it Snowball Express or something like that, and going to watch the movie and share that. Anyway, when I did that movie, I got to uh, go up to Crested Butte, Colorado and learn how to ski, and uh, whenever I wanted to, I would knock on the door and ask for the pretty red-headed girl, Susan, to come out and we'd go skiing all day if I wasn't working, and... Uh, Beautiful thing and lots of fun. You know, Disney paid for it. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, and that's the thing where, I mean, at, you know, at that age too, you know, being able to do things like skiing and of course, you know, hey, you can't go wrong with hanging out with pretty women. You know, it, it, that's always a perk. Absolutely. Well, then when I did um, the uh, Mystery and Dracula's Castle, I, um, Scott Colden played my brother, excuse me, and he had a great time became friends, and then when I went to do Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, um, I got kind of associate producership, and they asked me where I'd like to, uh, or what I'd like to do, if I had any friends for the role of my brother. I said, well, yeah, let's get Scott Colvin in here. So Scott came down and became one of the, uh, you know, one of the choices, and then they asked me who I felt was, you know, my first choice, and I said, of course, Scott. So, you know, that was kind of fun to be able to be in that and uh, get to help choose my next co-star. Well, definitely, you know, and Sigmund and the Sea Monsters has, you know, a huge cult following. Pretty much anything from Sid and Marty Croft is always you know, huge. Now, looking back at that kind of show, um, I know, you know, like my wife, she's like, you know, that's just, it's too much for her. Whereas me, I remember growing up, watching it, loving it. And I guess, what was it like working with uh, this, I guess, a kind of a show that is, it's kind of quirky and wacky. And, you know, you look back and you see these these monsters and fun things. And, you know, as much as you may, you know, many people feel, oh, well, you know, that's a sign of the times. But, 
I showed it to all four of my kids, and it still holds up today because it's just wholesome family entertainment. I guess, what was it like working on a set of such a, a quirky, fun show as opposed to, you know, when you were doing something like, you know, Family Affair or the Disney movies? Well, Sigmund was lots of fun. Um, one, because I was kind of the big wig, and I had never been the big wig before. I mean, Tom Sawyer, when I filmed that, of course, I was a big star of it here. You know, it's Johnny Whitaker and Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. Um, Fortunately or unfortunately, it was a Saturday morning show, so it wasn't going to get the same kind of recognition as a evening series. But, you know, the crops were real good at, at uh, not great at paying, but good at promoting, and uh, promoted the show well. And, um, you know, the second season, Scott Colden and myself and Sigmund were like the stars of the Saturday morning uh, lineup of new shows, and we did that one, you know, this, the next season, and then the third season we uh, didn't, but that's as far as we went with three seasons. And, um, but the people that I, I got to work with, Billy Barty, um, Margaret Hamilton, you know, The Witch from the Wizard of Oz, my very favorite film of all time, and um, getting to see that, her, meeting her, and, and, uh, uh, Mary Wicks, who of course is a big Disney, uh, actress, but, uh, as well, she was also in, uh, Napoleon and Samantha. She became our, uh, Zelda, the nursemaid, nanny maid, uh, cause we never had parents. She didn't know where they were or what they were doing, but Zelda was there. <laughs> um, but remember, this was the first, this, uh, um, craft show where they showed real, life. Uh, you know, all the other craft shows uh, were, you know, Lidsville or Puffin Stuff is, you know, in the land of whatever it was. And, uh, um, you know, Sigma and the Sea Monsters was real life on the beach in, you know, real time. So um, that was kind of fun. Going to, uh, one of the things that I asked for, because I had just learned how to scuba dive the summer before, was that I would get to scuba dive on, in the series. And so they, you know, I'd get top of the line scuba gear and all of this, and they said, oh yeah, sure, I'm sure we'll, we'll be able to work that in. Well, that never worked in, and I never, we spent the first week out on the beach, and from then on, Never again were we to see the beach. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, you know, it's the kind of show that, it, like I said, you know, it, it just really resonates with you know people from that era and of, like passing it down. And you know, I guess going through your entire career, there's so much more we can talk about yet. But you know, I guess when it comes to things like Sigmund and the Sea Monster, Snowball Express, and you know, I guess the recognition that you have, you know. Uh, is there it, one? Is there one thing more than any other that people just recognize you for? You know, if you're walking down the street, and you know, are are they more like ah, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, or hey, that's the Biscuit Eater, or you know, Family Affair? Is there is there one that always resonates? It all depends on the age of the person. If they're 45 and older, it is definitely Family Affair. If they are 35 to 45, it's Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. If it's younger than that, nobody knows who I am. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's either uh, Family Affair or Sigmund, and then if they are a, a, you know, a real big fan, then of course it's J. 
Johnny Whitaker, Tom Sawyer, Sigmund and the Sea Monster, Family Affair, and Bewitched, you know, um, Green Acres and, be, you know, Bewitched, Green Acres, Gunsmoke, and all the other things that I did. Because I was very lucky when I was doing Family Affair that um, on our hiatus and even during filming, I got a little bit of time to go out and do other guest spots on other series and even on other um, networks, like I did Bewitched and Gunsmoke and Bonanza and uh, The Virginian and all of that while I was still doing Family Affair. So I got to be able to be an actor as well as Johnny Whitaker Family Affair. Definitely, you know, and those are all shows too that have gone down in in TV history, which is what I think makes you know your your icon status, as I ha- I like to put it. Oh, you, you thank said, you so much. <laughs> well, you, you said you, you said you, you know you mentioned that hey, oh well you know if they're younger they don't know who you are or things like that. But you know when I talk with a lot of different people, the one thing that I noticed is even if they're not familiar with the name. They know who you are. You know, you can mention any one of those shows. You can mention anything. You know, when we're talking with all of our listeners, you know, whether that's they know who you are and they're like, oh, Johnny Whitaker or they're the redheaded kid. That's right. The redheaded kid. You know, they they know who you are because you touched bases on so many, like you said, like Green Acres and Bonanza, Bewitched, uh, above just what you were currently working on. So, you know, being part of all those it broadens your fan base because, you know, if there's a fan of Green Acres, they're going to be able to see you on there. Or a fan of Bewitched, they saw you on there. So you had your tentacles in so many different projects that, you know, you truly were blessed. I was. I truly was. Now, I guess uh, moving forward and all the different things, like you said, Tom Sawyer, of course, was definitely fun. And recently, it seems like there's a resurgence in musicals, which, you know, I'm a fan of musicals. I think they're great. I mean, it's the kind of thing where, you know, hey, why not? Let's bust in a song and tell a story and have some fun. You know, it, it never hurts. And working on something like Tom Sawyer, that was the musical from 1973, I guess, uh, how different was it working on something that was a musical as opposed to just uh, straight dry acting? Well, one thing with uh, Tom Sawyer is that it was as close to you, that you can get to being a Disney show without being a Disney movie. Uh, it was written, of course, by Mark Twain, but the script was written by um, the script was written by the Sherman Brothers, and of course they did all the music. And the Sherman Brothers were the first choice, of course, of uh, Disney himself for all of their musicals and uh, you know their number one people to first to go to for any music for. Uh, anything Disney. But uh, it was a beautiful thing. Celeste Holm, of course, she passed away last, or almost two years ago now, uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, no, just one year ago in July 2012. But um, she was a wonderful woman and friend um, and great actress to, to learn from. And uh, I remember one scene where I uh, have come in and I'm talking about taking care of the Witter Douglas. Uh, in that scene, I had to do that scene 105 times because I never got it right the way that the director wanted it. He wanted that specifically one way, and I never got it the way he wanted it. So it took uh, 
Well, you know, and like you said, you know, that kind of film, too, you know, being part and written by the Sherman Brothers, who, you know, I had the privilege of meeting both of them numerous times. And, uh, you know, fantastic, great people, like you said. It's the kind of thing where it's as close to a Disney film uh, without being a Disney film. But Tom Sawyer, the musical, is, you know, it, it made it fun. It took this great Mark Twain story and, you know, really left a lasting impression on people because there's only so many stories of Mark Twain that you actually see floating about a lot of times when people are going to rental stores or Netflix. And, you know, your version is always in those top five as recommendations for everybody. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I'm very proud of the work that we did, all of us together, and, you know, the work that was uh, was accomplished with that. It was tons of fun, and my whole family, when I was 12 when we filmed that, so my whole family had the opportunity of coming to Missouri and working with me so that we could uh, have fun doing it together. Very cool. Well, you know, I guess moving forward from your career and, you know, there's so many different things. You know, I don't always want to live in the past because, you know, as an actor and, you know, as you grow up, I mean, that's the thing. You know, people tend to forget that, you know, you grow up on screen and then, you know, it doesn't end there. So I guess with that, there's so many different things that you have going on now. You know, you're, you know, teaching acting classes and many other things. I guess what what are you doing now? Because you have your hands in so many different things from acting, non-acting, appearing places. I mean, so much stuff. I guess, you know, how can people find you now with all the different things going on? Well, the best way to find me is uh, at johnnywhitaker.com. And that's the easiest. And uh, just like my name is, it's the same spelling, J-O-H-N-N-Y-W-H-I-T-H-K-E-R.com. And I also have a, a um, Twitter and a Facebook fan page, and you can get all that information by going to johnnywhitaker.com. But uh, for the last 10 years, I have been working very closely with the recovering community from uh, recovering from drugs and alcohol. Um, I am a certified addiction treatment counselor uh, in the state of California, and for the past 10, uh, 11 years now, um, I've been uh, a counselor working with uh, some of my own patients, and uh, the last four years, uh, I've been very active working in um, recovery um, resources and trying to get laws passed for the benefit of uh, people in recovery, and that means drugs and alcohol, uh, people who are suffering from uh, addiction to, uh, you know, drug, drug addiction and alcoholism, mainly. And then there's, of course, other parts to that, but I've been a, an advocate going to Washington, D.C., um, going to Sacramento, going to the city of Los Angeles and the county of Los Angeles, working with uh, many of the people there, trying to get them to understand and to change the laws as they are for the benefit of people in recovery. And uh, so that's been my passion. And then this last year, I did two films, my first two films in quite some time, one which you can get on Netflix, and it's called A Talking Cat. And it went straight to uh, DVD, straight to uh, video, but it's kind of fun. And um, it's kind of like a, an after-school special. It's uh, family fair. I mean, there's nothing uh, that, would, that you wouldn't show and, and let your children watch it. It's uh, really, you know, that kind of a, a good show. And, uh, of course, 
I also have acting classes that I teach throughout the United States. Um, I might be coming to your town, or if, you know, you've got a few parents and people together, you know, write to me at johnny at johnnywhitaker.com, and we'll work a way to uh, get me to come out to your acting school or your acting classes or whatever. I do a, um, a major, uh, a master acting class, and, uh, have lots of fun for kids, adults, and actually, I think that anybody who learns how to really act well, you know, children are natural-born actors. Like you said you have some kids, and you know when they start to, you know, put on the waterworks, sometimes you're not sure if they're faking it or if they're not. <laughs> <laughs> but they're great, perfect, really good little actors, you know, and you can't always tell. But uh, sometimes you can, and most of the time you can, but, um, you know, it depends on, on how well you know your kid. But as uh, an adult, just, you know, working in the work of the world, it's always good to know how to kind of make your story count, uh, especially for people who are in um, sales, you know, making your story really interesting and um, taking some of the experience. Uh, that I have as an actor and putting it into other areas. Um, you know, it's lots of fun and I do it uh, all over the country. Very cool. You know, and like you said, you know, it's the kind of thing where children are natural born actors. Yes. You know, being a father of four kids. Yeah. I, I can agree that sometimes you never know that fine line if they're, if they're serious or not, or what's really happening. But, uh, you know, there's there's so many different ways for people to connect up with you. And, you know, coming up, too, also, you know, September 27th through the 29th, you have the Pittsburgh Comic Con that you're going to be at. And then also, yes. Yes, and I'm actually getting an award in, uh, in October for um, the Southern California. Oh, dang it. What is it? Anyway, I'm getting an award, uh, Lifetime Achievement. And uh, I will be all over the country, depending on what's going on. And... Uh, uh, I will be, like I said, I will be in Pittsburgh, and uh, no other plans out of the out of town at the moment. But they always come up here and everywhere, and lots of different comic cons here and there. But have a fun time. Very cool. Well, you know, it was our pleasure having you on and talking with you, and you know, so many different things. Like I said, uh, you know, you are a television and movie icon to many of us, and you know, I can only hope that you know I'm able to keep your legacy alive by passing it down to my kids and them passing it down as well. So, you know, hopefully, we're we're helping with all of our listeners and everything else to you know keep that nugget alive as uh, you know having Mr. Whitaker in everyone's life for generations to come. Well, thank you so much. I do appreciate it. Oh, well, it's our pleasure once again, and, uh, you know, we're looking forward to talking with you and, uh, you know, in the future and uh, keep him posted on everything you're doing. Thanks a lot. I shall. I shall. Thank you so much.
D heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand, a new kind of Disney show, only on DizRadio.com. D-I-Z-Radio.com. Hello, D heads, and welcome to another segment called Disney Multimedia. My name is Randy Reeker, and I'll be giving you the latest news on the Disney Company and so much more. Without further delay, let's go ahead and jump in with the latest. Now, there is more proof that a company is fully embracing today's technology shifts as the new Disney Junior television program will be first debuting exclusively through Disney Junior app for Apple's iPad and iPhone devices. No one can really say that the Disney company is shy away from adapting new technology innovations. Now, on November 24th, verified viewers at WatchDisneyJr.com and those who are using the, the Watch Disney Junior app on their smartphones and tablets will be the first to view an animated series called Sheriff Callie's Wild West program. The series, is, which is voiced by Orlando's own Mandy Moore, revolves around a kid-friendly plot of a cat named um, Calico. She is a sheriff who keeps the peace in her front town of nice and friendly corners by using a magic lasso and cowgirl common sense. This show is aimed at kids ages 2 to 7. Albert Chang, he's the executive vice president and chief product officer of the digital media for Disney and ABC television group. Interacting with smartphones and tablets is, a se- is second nature to kids today. Chang said, Our research shows tablets aren't among the fastest growing devices ever. More than a half of households with kids now own a tablet, about up 40% in 2012. We are f- uh, fulfilling our commitment to deliver high quality content experiences that either extend the life cycle of our shows or build new relationships with-, with our audience across digital platforms that are increasingly important to them. Um, again, Albert Chang said. Sheriff Kelly will launch an introduction series and also characters so you can get to know them on November 18th and will expand early January with a game Sheriff Callie's Wild West Day. The the site also includes theme coloring um, pages and also downloadable crafts and stuff like that. For the character voice of Mandy Moore, the series also stars Lucas Gabriel from High School Musical, Jessica uh, DiCaro from Gravity Falls, Jeff Bennett from Jake and the Neverland Pirates, and the host of other Disney characters and voices. Shally Callie's Wild West was created by Dennis uh, Morali and George Evenly, and it was developed for television by Holly Hackens, the team that's behind Disney's Huggly's Town Heroes. Now, for all those behind the scenes specs you can say and not titles but also kind of like figuring out okay this is kind of based on the television series that we're already known of on the Disney Channel don't forget it's gonna be through Disney Junior um, is the app on iOS you will find it in the App Store newer content by November 18th DisneyJr.com slash Sheriff Cali is where you can also find more information that will be coming soon to figure out uh, who's these characters, who's going to be voicing it, and also nice, f- fun events and crafts 
as mentioned over there. For me, uh, I haven't really seen all the screenshots, there's maybe a few. The graphics look great, again, it's compatible for Apple iPad and also iPhone. Well, this is Randy with the this is latest Disney Multimedia. Just uh, keep your eyes, ears, and senses in tune with the latest Disney Multimedia around you. Until then, see you next time. Bye! Can be a fool, do things which are wrong. But fools find out when it's too late that they don't live so long. Oh, I'm no fool, no serene. I wanna live to be 93. I play safe for you and me, cause I'm no fool. Any fool neglects his bike and thinks he's being smart. He doesn't give it any care and soon it falls apart. Any fool will load his bike so much that he can't see. He rides on sidewalks, so what happens? A catastrophe. Oh, I'm no fool. No siree, I want to live to be 93. I play safe for you and me is a stupid thing, as any fool should know. He thinks it's fun, but what a sorry ending to his show. Oh, I'm no fool, no serene. I want to live to be 93. We play safe, you and me, cause we're no fool. Not me. Alright all of you D-heads, so I hope you enjoyed our kickoff into November for show number 53 for the week of November 7th, 2013. We had a fantastic show here this week as we ease into November and stay tuned around the corner because we have a very special Thanksgiving Day show that is going to be coming here at Disney On Demand. Now as I close out the show here this week, I do want to extend a very special thank you once again to the talented, the icon, the man himself, Johnny Whitaker, for stopping in and chatting with all of you D-heads. We've all grown up with a variety of your different films, television shows, and more. And if you're new to Johnny's career, if you're one of our younger D-heads, definitely check out the great classics like Sid and Marty Crofts, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, the musical adaption of Tom Sawyer, might I add with the music and lyrics written by the Sherman Brothers and many others, including Napoleon and Samantha, The Biscuit Eater, and, of course, The Snowball Express. Thank you, Johnny, once again for stopping in, and I know we're going to be seeing you out and about and uh, a lot of other places yet to come. I'd also like to thank the D-team of Aaron, Lexi, and Randy once again for stopping in here at the show. Thank you guys for stopping in and adding your signature segments for all the D-heads to enjoy. Continue connecting up with the D-team and send Aaron all of your questions for I Want to Know at Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. And definitely connect up with all of our D-team, Randy, Lexi, Aaron, Jamie, Jason, everybody that's involved. And definitely shoot them a line as well. Just go to the D-Team page found right on our homepage. 
So all of you D-heads, we're into November, and you know, next week for show number 54, we have something special for you, but before I do that, yes, of course, you guessed it, I'm going to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand, and first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com, that's D-I-Z Radio.com, there you can find our full list of past shows, archives, and more, where you can listen to all past 53 episodes of Disney On Demand, connect up with the D-Team, read our latest news blogs, and listen to our Lifetime of Disney Player with over 300-plus television shows, specials, TV shows, and more right there on our homepage at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. You can also follow us on Twitter, AOL Instant Messenger, Instagram, and more. Just search Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. You can also find all of these links right there on our homepage and connect up as well. And remember to search for our show in Stitcher Radio and iTunes, and definitely leave us some reviews and feedback in iTunes. And just find us at Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, and download our mobile app as well. So all of you D-heads, with that said, we're into November. I'm already going to build up that appetite because I am hungry for some turkey. I'm ready to carve away, and we have a very special guest coming up for our Thanksgiving show. But next week, for show number 54, we're going to get a little bit spooky. I know we just finished Halloween, but we're going to get a little bit spooky as you're going to get followed home from the mansion because we have none other than Jeremiah Dawes, one of the directors, producers, and writers behind the Followed from the Mansion short that recently has been an internet sensation. And he's going to stop in and talk about what it was like working with this fantastic crew, having a sequel from their Missing in the Mansion short that came out last year, as well as what is in store, maybe a possible trilogy. And Jeremiah is going to stop in for show number 54. So all of you D-heads, with that said, as I always mention, I know we get busy, we get wrapped up, and life just gets chaotic. But remember, never neglect family for business. Catch you next week, all of you D-heads. And just ahead is the landing, where our journey ends. I'd like to thank you all for joining us on the Mark Twain. As for those tales about evil spirits and haunted mansions and singing bears, well, you'll just have to find out the truth of them for yourself. One last thing. A riverboat arrival has always been a big event here in Frontierland. Hundreds of cheering and clapping people usually line the dock to welcome our steamship into port. Well, they're, they're usually cheering and clapping. Once again, thanks for joining us on the Mark Twain. We're glad you come aboard. Approach levy at one quarter steam. Man the bow line. All passengers, stand by to go ashore. Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.